Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan, and today we have a uh, very interesting podcast for you. So, I have uh, currently watched Miss Marvel, so we will give our thoughts on that. Um, this is going to be kind of a hybrid kind of podcast. We're going to talk about Miss Marvel, give a review on it, a little quick one, nothing super crazy, and then we're going to get into the main topic, which is the MCU Phase 4 issues and what they can do going forward to do better, because... Although I've been bashing on MCU Phase 4, it, I, I still love the MCU. I just want it to be better than Phase 4 going forward. So, um, Or at least finish out Phase 4 with some bangers. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we get started, as always, go to our Instagram and follow us um, at uh, PC Boys Podcast, and also you can use uh, the links in our Instagram to go to our Discord, which is where I normally post updates on, of course, uploading a podcast, which I do do on Instagram too, but I do it on Discord, and if there's like any exciting news or posters or that kind of thing, um, you know, I post them up on their respective categories, so like my Twitch stream announcements, if I'm, if I'm streaming on Twitch, which I haven't done in a while, um, or like Marvel news or something, but I do want to keep you guys like a buck 50. I don't upload to that a lot because number one, phase four has been very boring for me and I just haven't really had the enthusiasm to look into projects like I used to, um, because of that. So, you know, it's just good to, you know, be subscribed to it, so or at least in that Discord, so that way when stuff does get good, you know I'm going to be on top of it. So there's that. And also, it's a, just an easier way for you guys to communicate with me in the general, um, you know, like, idea space. So, of course, go and uh, enter the Discord, so that way you could just get, you know, easier access to message me on uh, about, you know, podcast topics and whatnot, and just to get news from me. Um, but without further ado, let's get into this. So, Miss Marvel, um, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. I thought Miss Marvel was a very interesting show. I think that, um, the only major complaint I have, which we'll get into, is the villains. But outside of the villains, Miss Marvel's done very well. The suit looks really great. Um,. The family dynamic in the story is really good. Um, there's a lot of people out there, um, we know who they are, uh, that complained about, like, the diversity in this movie and, and stuff. And, and to, to that, all that I can say is, guys, read the Miss Marvel comics, okay? Literally showing a, um, Pakistani American girl and the life that she lives is kind of needed in the story. Because that is her life. That is a part of her character, right? So it makes sense for that to be shown. There is nothing political about that. There is nothing... Uh, there's no messaging about that. That just is a part of the character, okay? So for those people that are complaining about that part, that's for that. Um, but they, but there are some SJW messages in here that kind of made me roll my eyes when they happened. They were few and far between. Um, but... It's nothing that's going to ruin the show for you. Like, if, if you don't like the show, it's not because of those few moments that you hear something like that. Because I enjoyed the show, and I don't like political messages in my fucking shit, but they weren't, like, hammering me over the head. They threw some things in there, you know, that are kind of cringe. But whatever. The show was still good, right? So... Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there if that kind of thing does bother you. It's, it's not very, like big in this. There's only like a few instances of it. 
Not really bad at all. Um, but let, let's talk about the powers, okay? So she essentially finds this bangle that her grandmother had, and this is what grants her her powers. And I don't like with what they did when it came to uh, Kamala Khan's powers and changing it from the comics, because originally in the comics, Kamala Khan was exposed to Terrigen Mist, and Terrigen Mist of course, would make her an inhuman, right? And now in the MCU, apparently she's a mutant. So that's like the big thing. It's like, whoa, Kamala Khan is the first mutant in the MCU. But for as a comic book, like, purist, well, not purist, but like, as someone that loves Marvel's comics, I don't think you should have done that. Why make that change? You know, for me, I, I wasn't about that when they revealed it and I talked about it on the podcast. I'm not a big fan of the fact that they changed Kamala's um, powers from, oh yeah, Terrigen Mist, she's an inhuman too, oh, she has the mutant gene, she's a mutant. I wasn't a big fan of that. I mean, if they make it work with the X-Men somehow, like, then fine, but I'm not a fan of it, okay? I'm personally not a fan of it. But... They did keep her powers relatively the same to an extent, like her fists getting big and embiggening and whatnot, but it's not like it is in the comics. Like, she isn't, like, Reed Richards kind of shit. It's more like she has, like, this glowy, like, metallic rock or glass-like shit around her. I don't don't know how to explain it, man, but it's... I don't, like, it's one of those things where her powers bother me because of how they depict them, how she got them. It just, to me, it's a, it's, it just makes me scratch my head a bit. Why did we do all this changing, you know? Outside of the powers, though, her outfit looks amazing, okay? I am a big fan of this Miss Marvel outfit by a long shot. And the fact that her mom made it for her is also really touching because throughout this show, she and her mom are, like, head-butting each other a lot in the beginning of the show, but by the end, they're very close, which is nice. Um, but I, I did like the family dynamic to Kamala in this series. I think that it was very well done. It made me feel emotional about the family, like... And that's important because... To have her family be very essential to this show and to, like, make them, like, like make you, the audience, actually like them is crucial. Because if you don't, then the show sucks. Because that whole family dynamic is what really carries Miss Marvel, right? Because she feels like an outsider. She wants to fit in. She ends up getting these powers and wants to use them for good, but then at the same time, you know, you have her parents that are living by, like, strict religious traditions, and as someone who was a Christian, I I wasn't grown up in, like, the most, like, hard, strict Christian family, but I do have family members that are like that, so I could connect a little bit on that aspect, where, like, you know, you have, like, the family that is very strict on their beliefs, and they have to act, like, a certain way, and they deal with things a certain way, um, and she doesn't want to do that, she's not like that, so 
I know what that's like to an extent, so I could empathize and connect with her character. Even though her religion and my religion are different, there's are still the same kind of tones of like religious families in general, regardless of religion, they live by like a certain code and they live a certain way. Um that isn't, I guess you could say, like very like being as free as you can be, right? Like, you feel like you're forced to live a certain way. Um, so it was nice to see that dynamic, because I could understand what her character was going through. Despite her character, my character, have different religious beliefs, it still relatively ends up the same way. You have the parents or the grandparents that are very strict in their religion. They live a certain way. They want the kids to live that way. The kids necessarily don't want to live that way and so forth. So that's, it, it makes sense, right? And it, it really, like, I could, I could relate to the character on that part. Um, and then we also get introduced to, like, Comron. So Comron is kind of, like, what I would say to be an interesting character in the show because he's introduced as a love interest, right? And from the trailer, that's all that I thought he was going to be, but he actually ended up playing, like, a, a central role to the story with the villain, well, one of the villains, and, um, and Kamala. So kind of being, like, the connection between the two. Um, so... Let's talk about the villains, because this is where the show, outside of Kamala's powers and what they fucking did with that, that I, th this is where I have the major problem, um, because they took the better villain in this show and killed them before the finale. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's two villains in the series. You have the clandestines, which are like these beings from a different um, reality that is literally... Um, they call it the Veil, so essentially it's like a tear in space-time, but their world and the Earth are like literally... Like, right next to each other. Think of, like, the Upside Down from, like, Stranger Things. Like, you have our world and then their world. It's kind of like that sort of uh, instance. And they are trying to use Kamala to get back home. Because Kamala's powers can open the veil. But by doing that, their world or reality will consume ours. So that's really fun. Um... So, that happens, right? So, you have that whole area going on. And Comron is the son of the main clandestine, uh, the leader. And I think it's awesome because, you know, this group is so interesting. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna, like, go into some, like, real depth with these fucking people. No. They're, like, there, and then they die. And then... <laughs> And then they're like, okay, so in episode five, before the finale, the clandestines track Kamala down um, in Pakistan, and they have her cornered, and the veil opens up to their world, and it starts to kill the other clandestines. And then you have the Kamran's mom sacrifice herself to close the veil, but then like her powers or whatever goes to her son. And by doing that, they killed off the most interesting villain in the series. 
The second villain, some stupid bitch from the fucking, oh, oh, what the hell's the name of it? Department of Damage Control. Yeah, so the guy from Spider-Man No Way Home, he shows back up. And then there's this new bitch who is just a officer or agent there. And she wants to go after Kamala and Kamran, because they're enhanced individuals, you know, thinking that they're like some terrorists or some shit, right? Um, and she's the villain, the main villain. And I'm literally sitting here like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So the finale, while it was interesting, is between the Department of Damage Control and some fucking kids in a high school. Now... I just want to remind you all, in Spider-Man No Way Home, the Department of Damage Control played a, a, a good amount of uh, a role in that story. They fucking shot Peter Parker with, like, lethal ammunition. But when it comes to Kamala Khan, they decided to use, like, the sonar guns. I'm going to call them, like, sonar guns because they shoot, like, uh, they shoot waves that remind me of Shocker's gauntlets from, like, the Spider-Man comics and, you know, the cartoons and everything. Like, if you essentially know what the Shocker gauntlets are, that's basically what these guns did. And they these were the same kind of devices that were on the drones in Spider-Man Far From Home and that were used against the Incredible Hulk in that movie. It's kind of the same fucking ordeal, right? So... Yeah, so that's the main finale. You've got Kamala, Kamran... Versus the fucking Department of Damage Control with her friends in high school. It's interesting and it's fun, but it doesn't feel serious or heavy staked. And by the end of the show, I'm like, okay, cool, this bitch is fired. Because she decided to attack kids and got caught on live television. Giving the bad rap for the police. Because, you know, that's, that, that's what she did. She defied orders to be a fucking bitch, pretty much. And, 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 yeah. So... Basically, Miss Marvel's villains went from interesting, they killed them off, then we got the boring one left. And then you're left with that for the finale. I'm not really impressed, okay, with the villains in this show. Um, but that takes me down to the final rating of what would I rate this show. And honestly, I would rate it a 7.5. Now, hear me out. Yes, okay, for us comic book purists out there... Changing Kamala Khan's origin story, fucking retarded, okay? We all agree on that, okay? Us comic book nerds, I think we can all agree on that. The villains fucking suck. Well, at least the way that they dealt with the villains fucking sucked. You had the interesting, cool villains that you killed, and then left us with the Department of Damage Control as the final villains. Like, why the fuck would you do that? You, you take the interesting shit, and then get rid of it, and then give us the boring shit? Like, nah. That was, that was bad. But at the same time, the girl that played Kamala Khan, I fucking loved her. And the reason I'm not saying her name is because I don't want to fucking pronounce it so damn wrong that people start to fucking, you know, be like, haha, you can't even pronounce the name right or whatever. Like, we're just, we're just, we're just going the safe route here, okay? I loved her character. I loved her playing Kamala Khan. I can't wait to see her in the Marvels, even though I fucking hate Captain Marvel. Don't get, don't get that shit twisted. I look forward to the Marvels for Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau, but 
fuck Miss Marvel because I don't like her at all. But I do look forward to seeing Kamala Khan again. So, when it comes to her, she was great. All the kids in this show did a great job acting. The family dynamic, which is a big part in this show, did really well. Everything surrounding the show was great, but the villains were not that good. And the changing of the origin story really bothered me. So, I can't give this show an 8 or an 8.5 or a fucking 9 out of 10. I gotta give this show a 7.5. It's a really good, solid show. But because of some of the decisions that they made, I can't give this a higher score. Even if her characters were on, like, comic book accuracy, I could... I, the highest I could give this show as a rating is an 8. I couldn't give it anything more. But it's at 7.5 because the way they dealt with the villains was just dog shit and changing her fucking origin is bullshit. So... But outside of that, it was a really good show, you know? And I wasn't really, like, I wasn't looking forward to Miss Marvel like I was Moon Knight. Like, oh, I was fucking over the moon about Moon Knight. Loki was a pleasant surprise. But I was looking forward to other shows over Miss Marvel. Like, I didn't hate Miss Marvel in the comics. Like, I enjoyed her character. But she isn't a character that I read a lot of. Like, I read some issues from time to time. I enjoyed her character, but she wasn't anything like Spider-Man or something that I could just fucking be like, oh, I gotta read into that, right? And like I said, you know, it, it, when it comes to, like, characters in general, my top three characters of all time, okay, from comic book manga, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, the ultimate comics version, you could also add in 616 Peter Parker as well, because I, I love them both as equal, um, Alita Battle Angel, because, or, or Galley, because that's originally what she was called, but I absolutely adore Alita Battle Angel, by far my second favorite character. She does rival Spider-Man, um, but that is a story for another day. And then, of course, Optimus Prime, because, I mean, leader of the Autobots, come on, come on now, can't put him low, but... <laughs> Yeah, so that's my thoughts on Miss Marvel. I know that my reviews are not like they used to be back in the day where, like, I would go really deep into them and plot point by plot point, but like I said, I gotta, like, it's, I'm not the way that I used to be, you know? Like, I, I just don't have as much time and to articulate my thoughts most of the time nowadays because I'm on the go so often. It's just, like, kind of, it's not as deep thinking as it used to be, but... <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this segment of the podcast. Um, if you did, um, thank you for joining us, and I'll catch you on the next one. But if you are somebody that wants to stick around and hear my thoughts about MCU Phase 4 and what I think that they should do going forward to help their situation and just kind of give them my thoughts on that, then stick around. But thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch you all in the next segment. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the second segment of this PC Boys podcast. So we just did our Miss Marvel review, and for this segment, we're going to talk about MCU Phase 4, what they can do better, what I'm looking forward to, and then kind of list off like the key problems with Phase 4 thus far, which is why I don't think it has been as successful as the previous phases. So this is going to be more of like a critique instead of complaining about the MCU Phase 4. Um, so, let's get into the first, like, 
the, the problems, right? First problem, there is no face of the MCU right now. In the first three phases of Marvel, Iron Man, Captain America were your two faces of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now that they are gone, Marvel needs to put in place two more or at least one face of the MCU. Now, if I personally were someone to put faces on the MCU right now... For Iron Man's place, it's easy to put Spider-Man because, number one, he's already been Tony Stark's, like, trainee slash um, mentor-y or student, whatever you want to call him. So, he's also a super genius, right? And he already has three movies. Spider-Man got three movies before Ant-Man, and Ant-Man was introduced before Spider-Man was. So... Spider-Man, I think, easily could take up the mantle of Iron Man. The only main problem with that is, of course, Sony owns the live-action movie rights to Spider-Man. So, there's one reason why Marvel probably doesn't have him as, like, a main face of the MCU. Because that those contracts and everything are always, like, switching. And it's very, like, up in the air after contracts are up on if they're going to renew or not. So, I can see why Marvel doesn't have him as a main face for the contractual obligation reasons, but if we were just talking about from characters that have been there longer, Spider-Man would be the face of Iron Man. He would essentially replace that role. For Captain America, um, there are a few options I would go with. First of all, the obvious one being... um. Sam Wilson's Captain America, that would just be the easiest one you could go with. Um, he's already a familiar face to the MCU. He was also connected with Captain America. He holds the new Captain America mantle. I think that personally, that would be the best fit to take over Captain America's spot. But if we did want to try someone else outside of Captain America... To take that spot. I don't think Doctor Strange would be a bad place to go either. He just had his second movie. That's also funny. Spider-Man introduced after Doctor Strange. Still. Or well. He was introduced before Doctor Strange. But he still got a trilogy before Doctor Strange. So I do find that funny. But Doctor Strange could be another candidate. But I would still say probably. Sam Wilson should be like the replace replacement of Captain America. <laughs> Those would be my two faces of the MCU, Spider-Man and Sam Wilson, just because they both were uh, very close with their respected hero at the time that was the face of the MCU, and now, like, it would make sense for them to take on that mantle, but we'll see with what they do. Um, so that's the one main problem uh, with the MCU right now. The second problem, there is no MCU feel to the shows and movies. So, when I used to watch, like, Marvel movies phases 1 through 3, they always felt like they were connected and in the MCU, there was just, just this undertone, right? It wasn't, like, referencing other movies or characters in the MCU. It was just it, this undertone that felt connected to the MCU without needing to say that it's connected to the MCU, you know? And I think that, in my opinion, that isn't there anymore. Like, that just undertone feeling of 
This is in the MCU without having to say anything, you know? Like, the best way that I could describe this, if you don't get what I'm getting, is like, you and someone like each other, you know you like each other, but you ain't saying anything. Like, it's kind of like that. The MCU has this tone that you can feel, but you don't need them to tell you that what you're watching is in the MCU. You just know, right? It's got that feeling of, all it's all connected, right? Right now, it doesn't have that. Everything just seems... Like, it's all over the place. Which leads me into the third main problem with Marvel Phase 4. It's all over the fucking place. <laughs> like, so, we got new characters coming in, new universes and realities introduced, but yet we don't have the time to, you know, digest all this and get connected with any of these characters, because it's just thrown at you, and then it's, like, completely forgotten about, and then they just, you know, that that's what Phase 4 has felt like. Like, you get Shang-Chi's origin story, and, like, the mythical world that he went to, and then you get the Eternals, and the fucking, um, the fucking, uh, Celestials and shit, and then they rip you away from that, and then throw you into Loki, and then talk about, you know, the fucking multiverse through that, and then they pull you out, and then they give you to Doctor Strange and go into different multiverses. And then they pull you out of that. It's like, there's just so much going on. And it's like, slow the fuck down. The first three phases of the MCU were casual fan-friendly. Meaning you could hop in anywhere in the MCU and it would make sense. Because the first three phases of the MCU were simple. And I think the main problem is right now the casual fans, they are just so lost with what's going on. Because there's too much to keep track of. And I can understand that. Like, Marvel's phases 1 through 3 were basically like the 616 universe. The phase 4 MCU is literally like Marvel Comics now, where there's so many different universes, iterations of characters, and, you know, just, it's crazy. Like, you just don't know what the fuck is going on. That's essentially Marvel nowadays. It, it, it makes no sense. It is all over the place. And that's kind of the main thing that's wrong with Marvel right now. There's just too much being thrown at us, introduced to us, and we just are not having the time to grasp it and understand it. So, those are my three biggest problems with the MCU right now. How would I suggest the throwing everything at people? Like, it's good to introduce new characters, but you need to keep old characters around to be able to slowly introduce us to the passing of the torch. Take Hawkeye, for instance, right? With Kate Bishop becoming the next Hawkeye, you have the veteran there to teach the young one, and then it slowly moves into it, right? Shang-Chi, it's a little bit different because Shang-Chi isn't connected to anybody outside of maybe Danny Rand, but if you didn't watch the Marvel Netflix show, then that wouldn't really do much for you. Then that would leave you with more questions than answers. Um, but for characters that do have someone that's connected to them, to introduce them, I think, would be the way to go about it, right? Um... But at the end of the day, I, I think that they just need to slow it down. Like, you should introduce new characters, but give us more time to develop relationships with these characters before you, you know, send them off to the next, like, you know, big Avengers movie, right? Um, and that's the thing, uh, I guess that would be the, the last problem with Marvel Phase 4. Where are we heading? Like, we have so many projects into Phase 4 now, and I still don't understand, like, we know Kang's coming. Cool. But, like, that doesn't get me hyped. Just saying Kang is coming doesn't get me hyped. I want you to show me something, 
right? Seeing Thanos pick up the Infinity Gauntlet, it's so small of a post credit scene, but it says so much. It's a simple goal. He's gonna collect the stones. Very simple. Same thing with Kang. Show us a post credit scene with Kang and what his plan is. I.e. something he holds, something he's looking at. You gotta give us something to get hyped about. Because right now, just knowing that Kang is bringing a multiversal war does not make me excited. It sounds more confusing. Show me something to get me hyped for this grand finale. Right? That's what I want you to do. That's what I want. So, at the end of the day, Marvel has a lot to get to fix. Now, what am I excited for going forward? I'm excited about Blade. I think Blade outside of Deadpool 3, which is another thing I'm excited about, will hopefully be R-rated. I don't think you can do Blade without an R rating because it's fucking Blade, the Vampire Slayer. You can't do Blade PG-13. I mean, Sony could not do Morbius PG-13. I mean, they did, but they didn't at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um... But I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Deadpool 3. I'm excited for Spider-Man freshman year. I'm excited for World War Hulk. We know that that's coming. Um, I guess now it's going to be turned into a four-part Disney Plus series instead of a movie, which is fine, you know. But I just, I want World War Hulk. More so for my dad's sake than my own sake, because my dad's a huge Hulk fan, and he's not very happy with how Marvel has handled the Hulk. Since the Incredible Hulk, which I can't blame him. I mean, the Hulk hasn't really done much in the MCU. I think it'd be nice to give him something, you know? Give him a World War Hulk. Give him something to do. Instead of being a comedic joke, like in Thor Ragnarok. Um, But yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the new Echo series. I'm excited about the new Daredevil series that they got coming. I'm excited for Marvel Zombies. Like, there are projects I'm excited about, but the problem is I'm not excited about all of them. I mean, if you take a look back before Avengers Infinity War slash Endgame, I was excited about everything fucking coming out. I wanted to go to the theaters and did go to the theaters to watch everything that came out. Nowadays, I don't. I, I The last Marvel movie I saw in theaters was Spider-Man. The last one I saw before that was Shang-Chi. Didn't watch The Eternals in theaters. Didn't watch Doctor Strange in theaters. I didn't even watch Black Widow in theaters. I got that on Disney Plus um, Premiere Access. So yeah, I was not a I was not a fan at all of what they were doing with Phase Four to begin with. I didn't even want to go to the movies. I haven't even gone and seen Thor Love and Thunder. I'm just going to wait till that comes out in Disney+. Plus. I watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, like, what, a week or two ago? Didn't really care for it. That's why I never made a review on it. It's just, there's, there, I'm not as excited about Marvel projects. There are some that I'm, like, fucking hyped about. Like, Blade. Like, World War Hulk. You know? But, right now... There's not a lot for me to be, like, excited about. But, 
there are hidden gems that come from these things. So there could be something I'm not excited about and I end up watching it and then get really excited. It's really unfortunate Thor Love and Thunder is not, I guess you could say, less comedy-like. Because the fact that there's so much comedy in it that people keep talking about makes me upset because I didn't like Ragnarok. And the fact that it's worse than Ragnarok on the comedy level is... Yeah, I'm not looking forward to watching Thor Love and Thunder. Hey, maybe I'll end up liking it more, but I doubt it. I love the first Thor movie. I even like The Dark World. I'm not afraid to say it. I don't like Ragnarok, though. I really did not like Ragnarok. Thor, like the Hulk, has been turned into a big joke. Spider-Man isn't even written well in the MCU. Like, his last movie, No Way Home, was pretty good, but, I mean... Homecoming was good, too, but for different reasons. Homecoming is a lot more forgiving because it's the first Spider-Man movie in the MCU. I really dislike Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home is, like, one of my least favorite Marvel Studios movies. It's down there. It's fucking down there. I, I don't like it. So, yeah. Very interesting. But, that is all I gotta say about the Marvel Phase 4 situation. What my thoughts are on it. Um, Hopefully, Marvel gets back on track because I really want to be excited for Marvel content. It just really sucks that I haven't been excited for Marvel in a long time. The comic books suck ass. So at least the movies could give me something good. At least. So, yeah, I'm just... I'm just praying, guys. I'm just praying that we get something good. But I hope you all enjoyed this podcast, and I'll catch you all in the next one.